0: Welcome everybody to another live and amplified livecast. We're here at day two of Gasparilla Fest, and I'm sitting here with a very special guest, Andy Hall of the infamous String Dusters. How's it going? It's going great. Happy to be here. All right. So, have you guys do a lot of Florida shows? Uh, you
1: know, uh, we have a little bit, but this is our first real band tour of Florida. Uh,
0: honestly, uh, we've we play Suwannee, yep. you know, Spring Fest that, and Magfest. That's how I was initially introduced to you guys. Um, uh, yeah, we it's do. Uh, there's a, a bluegrass festival that we do a lot of media for down in the Keys. Okay, cool. And we've uh, worked with Brett Bass and uh, a lot of them bands, and okay. they all they all come up to do like the Swanee roots. 20 Roots and then 20 Spring. Yeah. yeah, well, so this
1: is really, this is our first time playing ever in South Florida. Okay. Right? So we're pretty stoked.
0: Nice. Uh, so just for like the uninitiated, can you kind of give a brief history of the band as a collective, how they kind of came together? Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah we, um, we all started pretty much in Nashville. We were all there individually as like, just trying to learn and, learn how to play bluegrass and hang with, you know, some of our heroes that live there. And, you know, Nashville is just, uh, it's it's almost like grad school for musicians. You go there and, and get your butt kicked and try and learn as much as you can. So we were all there, you know, just individually to try and kind of make make a go of it as, as musicians. And, uh, you know, we were all the same age and kind of had similar interests and through a lot of different connections, kind of, um, became friends initially more like jamming buddies Um, and then you know we were all playing for other musicians as as like side musicians and we decided you know we all had it in common that we wanted to do our own band we wanted to write original music and play original music and kind of get outside the box of traditional bluegrass so uh, we had a lot in common and yeah we just we we decided you know at a certain point we met we picked a date and we said okay at this date, we're going to quit all our other yeah. stuff and just make a go of it and sleep in a van and do our best. So, and
0: Now, how long have you guys been touring to, or moving to, and playing together? Yeah, our
1: first real year touring was 2006. Okay. So it's been 13 years nice. that we've been doing it. And, um and yeah it's been amazing and fun and we've just grown tighter over the years and you know we're not the type of band who came out of the gate with like a specific one the sound and that's it we've evolved over the years you know it's always been bluegrass based same instrumentation pretty much but the way we write the way we play has certainly evolved over the years so uh it's been a fun
0: process nice go bouncing off of that how has the sound changed? Like, what have you guys done differently? Or w- what's the, been the evolution of the sound of the string Yeah, rusters? well, it's a
1: couple things. One is it's just we've grown as songwriters, you know. That's, that's something that, you know, when we first started, we were, we were writing a lot in the vein of, like, traditional bluegrass. Yeah. And as we've grown, we've learned to really tap into our other influences yeah. that aren't bluegrass. You know, yeah. a lot of us didn't grow up playing bluegrass. We grew up listening to rock and yeah. different things. And so we've sort of let those influences come out as songwriters and just gotten better nice. at songwriters, learning how to, you know, express ourselves and connect with the crowd. But, um, so the sound has gotten overall, you know, we still do a good bit of bluegrass, but it's widened a lot. It's gotten okay. a lot more diverse, I okay. would
0: say. Um, and so you guys are based out of Nashville. We were. Well, we're, you're- we're, we're now based pretty much out of Colorado. Okay.
1: Yeah. been um, there about the last six or seven years.
0: Um, where is I'm assuming not everybody's from Colorado
1: no no we most of us are our bass players from there but the rest of us moved there for a variety of reasons uh, it, eventually it was just time to get out of Nashville it's oh. a very music business oriented yep. place and and uh, you know once we got the band really up and going people wanted to live where they wanted yeah. to live and some people had, wanted to start a family and and uh, for a lot of us Colorado has a lot of things that we love like the outdoors and skiing and it's very centrally located but mainly just lifestyle stuff. We just love love the vibe in Colorado and and there's a huge fan base for like progressive and jammy bluegrass so it's it's a good spot for us.
0: And what's the uh, biggest difference between living out in Colorado and Live, working out in Nashville. What's the biggest yeah. difference?
1: Well, Nashville, like I said, that's a music business yeah. town. So it's like everyone is there to kind of get ahead. Everyone is there to be part of the music business in some way, whether it's as a musician or as a label person or publishing, yeah. whatever. Colorado, there's not a lot of that, but there's way more fans. Yeah. There's just people who are out there to enjoy life, to ski, to climb, to do whatever. And uh, so... Colorado sort of the opposite, it's like, it's packed with amazing music fans, um, but not as much of the music business, and when, you, when you're a band, that's what you want, yeah. you know, it's like when you, we've always kind of chartered our own way, and we, we just, there wasn't really an advantage to staying in Nashville, we do our own thing, we do our tours, yeah. we make records, and uh, we want to be where the people
0: are enjoying music, yeah. and that's Colorado. Um, and you mentioned earlier that this is, like, your first tour of South Florida. Where where are you at on this current leg of the tour? Are you almost done with this leg? or? Yeah, well, the way we do it is we'll do we,
1: – we, we don't do, like, two months out like okay. we used to. So we'll do, like, two weeks, go home for ten days, do another two weeks. So this is, like, the third chunk of, like, two weeks. Okay. Um, and we just started. We played in uh, – uh, Ponte Vedra, okay. up near Jacksonville. We yep. played in Fort Lauderdale last night, which was awesome. But you know, really, our first club touring in Florida, and the response has been great. So this is day three of this this okay. leg, but we've you know we've already played thirty shows this year. Okay. So
0: wow, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's tour life like for the String Dusters? How do you guys prevent each other from killing each other? Prevent from killing each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any cool stories from life on the road? Uh,
1: there are a lot of stories <laughs> with 13 years yeah. of touring, some uh, are more appropriate to tell than others, but uh, you know that's been, I think, one of the keys to like our success and longevity has yeah. been learning to live with each other and learning to sort of grow as people so that we can keep this thing together. You know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's one of the greatest keys to success is just keeping the thing going. Yeah. And the key to that is getting along and enjoying each other. You know, there are some bands that can play together and and not like each other. Yeah. I don't know how that works because we're we're the type of band where we need to enjoy each other's company, yeah. and that family vibe is what we enjoy and what and it, and it comes through on stage and it's part of our chemistry on stage and off. So uh, for us, like the key has just been being. You know, compassionate and understanding of each other's quirks, and trying to let the small stuff go, and and just be, um, and we kind of just know that getting along is like the key, yeah. and so we make a real effort in that regard to appreciate each other. We're all very different, but um, you know, we're like brothers. You yeah. know, we fight and then we can make
0: up, and then yeah. it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Um so how did um, you guys come up with the name the infamous String Dusters? Is there a story behind it, or is yeah, you know, the
1: String Dusters was kind of given to us. There's a, a band that was real influential for us called the Seldom Scene. Okay, and they were they're now they're they're would be considered a traditional band, but in their time in the '70s, they were in '80s they were like very progressive. They yeah. were doing like rock and roll covers, and they they were from the East Coast. They weren't. You know like maryland dc they weren't from like the south necessarily yeah. so they were kind of like a little bit of outsiders in the bluegrass scene but amazing musicians highly respected and we were good friends with the banjo player and founding member ben eldridge and he we were staying at his house one day he was sort of like the band's like uncle you know yeah. we would come through and sleep on his floor nice. and he was like one of our heroes and he said we were trying to figure out a name this was before we had a permanent name and he said you know back many you know 60 years ago there was a band called the string dusters they haven't been around for 50 years but they're progressive interesting jazzy you know why don't you guys take up the mantle of that name and be the string dusters we were like awesome we love that um but we wanted to have it be kind of our own thing too so we you know picked a sort of a a qualifier an adjective became the the infamous string dusters but yeah that name was like given to us by
0: one of our heroes in a way and so Um, Yeah, it's kind of special. Nice. Um, Let's talk about you as an individual musician. What's kind of your background? What got you into music?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for, I've been playing music for 30 years. Um, I got a guitar when I was a young teenager and I grew up in upstate New York. Didn't grow up around bluegrass at all. I was a rock guitar player. I wanted to be a rock guy and a, like a shred guitar player so that my background was in like rock and heavy metal and then i started you know then i got into blues and the grateful dead and mm-hmm. fish and muddy waters all you know um, so yeah then i went to berkeley college of music in boston when i was 18 after college did four years there and that's really where i my musical sort of world broadened i started learning a lot about bluegrass started playing dobro um, and at Berkeley, they have students from 70 different countries. Yeah. So you, you walk down the hallway a, a, near the practice rooms and there'll be like an African drumming group, and then there'll be a rock band, and then there'll be a jazz trio, and then there'll be a gospel group, and then there'll be a folk band. I mean, it's like, so you get all these influences, everyone's really hungry, and it's just, it's such a fertile, awesome place. So. From there, I sort of really developed into the dobro, um, and then spent a few more years in Boston playing in the local scene, and then finally just made the move to Nashville just cold. I didn't know anybody, I didn't know what was going on, and I just went to Nashville to try and make it as a musician and uh thankfully playing an instrument that's kind of unusual i was able to get gigs pretty quick i ended up playing in dolly parton's band for years and um, and with earl scruggs and all you know variety of other country and bluegrass people out of nashville and so um but yeah i started as a rock guy and it you know I listened to Bill Monroe the first time, and, and it was so amazing and high energy and raw. To me, it sounded like acoustic heavy metal. Yeah. Like, a lot of people say, how would you get from heavy metal to bluegrass? To me, it was a pretty easy leap. Yeah. Like, I heard Bill Monroe just shredding the mandolin yeah. on fire, and I thought, this is acoustic heavy
0: metal. I love it. I want to do it. There's a lot of metal players that aspire to play bluegrass. I've, <laughs> we've, a lot of the uh, heavy metal bands we've shown we show them, like a lot of the bluegrass bands that we've had a chance to work with, record, do like record live sessions and stuff like that, and we show them like the banjo player, or the, whoever's doing the flat picking, you know, and they're just like, "I wish I could pick like that." You know,
1: <laughs> it's like the musicianship is at the core of a lot of those yeah.
0: styles, and so I think there's some overlap in that yeah. way. Yeah. So, um, what kind of what uh, you said you picked up the dobro when you were in Berkeley? Yeah. What what was it about the dobro? Why'd you pick up that specific? You know, it's funny. I was
1: kind of it, a lot happened all at once to get me to turn to playing the dobro. Yeah. I actually developed a real bad hand problem. I was at Berkeley like practicing guitar six hours a day, and I got this really bad like tendonitis, repetitive okay. injury kind of thing to where I almost couldn't play. And it yeah. was like this real like I was like so distraught. I just couldn't understand what. I thought that was all i hadn't i didn't have a plan b and so all of a sudden i get to where it's so painful i can't play and it's going ongoing and i'm like but i had gotten into blues and some slide and then so i was kind of in this really dark confused place and a friend of mine gave me a cassette tape of a band called skip hop and wobble which had jerry douglas who's like the king of the dobro and when i heard that It opened my eyes and ears that like anything was possible on the dobro, and I thought, okay. And dobro didn't hurt my hand. For some reason, using the slide, it was great. And so it was like, it it was kind of fortuitous. It all just happened together. I had this injury. I was in a dark place. I heard Jerry Douglas. He opened my ears that I could really be a complete musician playing this other instrument. I loved the sound. I fell in love with it. And so it just, everything just thrust me into the dobro and, and been doing that for the last 24, 25 years.
0: Nice. That's. And so it, you get no pain? What injury was it? Was it the left hand? It was the left hand. You know, you're doing all
1: these scales and all this stuff, and I maybe, maybe I just had bad technique or what? Or maybe it was just like divine intervention. Yeah. It was just like, this is how... You never know how life is going to happen, and a lot of times when you're in those dark places that you think are going to crush you that's the doorway to something new and interesting and yeah. and so it's all you know but as a young person it's hard to see that yeah. and you're just like oh my god what am I gonna do and right. so yeah but uh, it was the left hand and and I have no problems with it now I write songs on guitar and okay. play but but it was you know it was that injury was gonna make sure I was done with guitar in that way nice. and and it and it did and I switched to dobro
0: what's the uh, best piece of advice you've ever gotten as far as music goes
1: um, I mean, you know, probably, and I didn't, it didn't absorb it initially. Now I get it. It's one of those things where it's like somebody, like your elders tell you stuff. And when you're young, you're like, nah, nah, yeah. nah, And then when you're older, you're like, oh yeah, I guess so. That and sense. that is to be as original as you possibly can. Because musicianship level, That I was under this thing where like, if I can just be the baddest musician possible, that's all I, I'm going to need. Yeah. And that's not the case you you have to connect with people you know and so it was a real learning experience and people you know people told me that older musicians like be original i thought no all i gotta do is be good and then as you get older you realize no you have to be unique you have to be yourself that's the only way people are going to really connect with you is if you have something authentic and, and personal to express musically and and that's just the case you think of anybody that you love whether it be Jerry Garcia or Tom Petty or whoever, any musician you can think of is unique. You know it's them right off the bat. They have something to say, and that's what draws you in.
0: How did you uh, get involved with the uh, Dolly Parton band? How did that one come about? Yeah, that was
1: just through the Nashville music scene. Um, It's a pretty insular scene. She's always been into bluegrass, and this was like on the heels of she had really done a couple of bluegrass albums. Um and uh, she was gonna do a tour and, you know, somebody said somebody who knew me who was in her band. I started playing with someone in her band, like yeah. just here and there at gigs, and so he said, well, you know, Dolly needs a dobro player. Why don't you come audition? And uh, and I did, and she she liked me and. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And so it began, you know, played with her for a couple of years and and she was just amazing and sweet and one of the greatest singers yeah. on planet Earth. I mean, she's just a ridiculously talented singer and very professional and awesome. So, yeah, so I did that. And then, you know, she asked me to do another. It was time to for her to do another record, another yeah. tour. And she said, would you do it? And that was my decision. I yeah. called all the guys in the band that night, and I was like, dolly's doing this other thing and i want i need to know if we're really going after this string duster thing because i'm going to turn it down yeah and we're and i want to do this but i need everybody to tell me we're at least going to make a good go of it yeah everyone said yeah and i call i told dolly you know i have
0: to pass i want to do my own thing and she was like i think that's awesome and best of luck nice so uh let's go ahead and turn back towards the string dusters um you guys won a grammy in 2017? Yeah, last year. Yep. yep. Um so what would and you won for best bluegrass album? Right. What was it about that album do you think that just kind of stood out or was there something specific? I think it was some of the songs.
1: Yeah. Um there was a few songs on there that really caught on, you know, for us. Yeah. I mean, you know, for for an acoustic band, there was a song called Gravity that really um they really did well and people connected with and i feel like opened a lot of people's ears to our sound that maybe hadn't been familiar with us yeah so uh, it, again it kind of goes back to the songwriting i feel like the songwriting was the best we'd ever done t- t- at that point and some of the songs were you know gravity is not a bluegrass song at all that's like a it's like a rock song yeah. almost you know um and so, yeah, I feel like that just sort of broadened things for us and got a lot more ears tuned into us. And um, yeah, but it still had a lot of bluegrass on the album. So it was like, I feel like it was a really good bluegrass album with a lot of other interesting elements. And and yeah, thankfully it, uh, with a lot of hard work from our team, it, it was able to win a Grammy. Nice.
0: <laughs> How did uh, that kind of change the trajectory of the band? Yeah. It, you know,
1: it definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's an award and whatever. You, you're still just who you are before and after, but it definitely opens some doors for you. And for us, we've never had, like, a big break. We've just yeah. always worked hard and, you know, had this, like, slow growth over time. Yeah. But the Grammy was, like, a lot more people are willing to, like, give you a shot. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, for publicity things or for whatever it is, like you know, people are like, oh, okay, I should probably pay attention to this. And I believe in our music a lot. Yeah. So I'm, that to me is all we need is just people to like give us a shot and check it out. And I, and I think a lot of people will really dig it. So yeah, I feel like it just turned a lot of attention toward us and we've been doing this a long time. So we were kind of ripe yeah. for that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's helped and, but you know, it just inspires you to try and do more better, you know? Sure. So- so
0: you guys are getting ready to play Gasparola. Yeah. What, you guys go on at three, 3.30, I think. Yep. Um, what can you guys or what can people expect on your set tonight? It's going to be
1: high energy. It's going to be, you know, it's acoustic rock, jam, jazz music. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with big harmony vocals and catchy songs, yeah. but a lot of jamming, a lot of energy hot picking and and a lot of excitement nice hopefully is there anybody that's playing after your set that you're looking forward to seeing or absolutely Uh, i think it's lucas nelson Uh and promise of the real and then gary clark jr if i'm not mistaken both i'm very familiar with neither of which i've seen live so i'm super stoked i'm gonna you know when we're done with our show i'm gonna turn into a fan and be out in the crowd
0: and check it out nice um what uh what upcoming shows do you guys have where are you guys playing next what's your
1: yeah so we're kind of doing the, the rest of this tour is midwest we're doing iowa nebraska uh, minnesota wisconsin we've in our last date is uh, in chicago for okay. this run and then the the chunk it we go home for a little break and then we finish off this whole touring season with um on the east coast okay. like south and east coast we do Nashville, North Carolina, Virginia, D.C., yeah. Kentucky—that nice. kind of vibe. So, um, and then it turns into you know festival season in earnest, where okay. you know we we just fly, do festivals every weekend, and yeah, we're gonna be all over the place. It's nice. a busy year.
0: Are you guys doing
1: um, uh, Swanee? Hey. We haven't been booked for the spring stuff, you know, so I I, I don't know when our next Florida okay. date will be. But we had such a fun time the last few nights yeah. playing clubs down here. We're definitely going to be back.
0: So. Awesome. So as we kind of wrap this up, uh, working people, are you guys working on any new music, or you got a new album coming out? We have a new album coming out in
1: a month, okay. in a little less than a month. It's called Rise Sun. And uh, we've been doing some of the songs off of it uh, on our show. Uh, we probably do one today, I bet. But, um, but yeah, we've got a new record, 13 brand new songs, nice. all original, um, really cool stuff. Super stoked about it. And like I say, a lot of the songs are out now, a few of them anyway, so you can check them out. And the album comes out April
0: 5th. Nice. Um, what was kind of the creative process when you were writing for that album? Yeah, the way we do it usually is we write individually either with our just ourselves
1: or with other co-writers or whatever and then we have these song sessions where we all come together and we bring what we got you know because everyone in the band writes so we'll sit down at a rental house while we're on tour or whatever and be like all right pass the guitar yeah. around let's see what you got nice and they'll be you know they'll be We'll listen, people will show 25 30 songs and then just start to see what we really like what vibes with yeah. us Sometimes a song is, you personally think it's amazing, but it just doesn't quite fit with the band. Or maybe you're like, here's one, I don't know if it'll work. And then the band's like, yes, that's perfect. Nice. So you have to see what works. It's not always clear. The band is a very specific thing and some things work for it and some don't. And uh, But yeah, we write individually, bring it together. And then when we arrange it, it really takes on that string duster sound. Nice, you know?
0: yeah. So. so you guys write for an album, you don't just like, do singles and then pull for the album or we write for an album. Okay. Although, you know, a lot of
1: times if somebody writes a song and it's awesome, we'll just yeah. start doing it live. Okay. We won't even record it. You know, nice. I have a number of songs that I've written that we play all the time live that aren't on any album, yeah. you know. So sometimes that'll happen. We'll just if you got a song and it's awesome and it's there's no time there's not time to do a record, you just psh, psh,
0: I think that's chuck something more bands need to do. Make, make their yes, they need to have their go-tos and there's stuff that people know but they also need to have that one or two songs that you when you come to the live show that's the only place you're going to get it
1: yeah i agree and people really crave that stuff they're like oh here's this song you can't listen to it i mean you can listen to it at a live download yeah you know nugs or something but you can't you can't just go listen to a recording of it you got to come to the show and, yeah. and that's you know that really is what propels us and a lot of bands is the live show
0: awesome so where can people find you on social media where's uh are you guys still doing hard copy music or are you guys pretty much all well we we are doing we're making cds
1: for this one i every time you make a record you're like are we gonna make cds but you know when you send it to radio they still want a cd CD? you know i guess because it just got all the info there they can see what's going on but um so yeah we're you know but mostly it's streams obviously and downloads and um, Yeah, we're the String Dusters on Instagram, infamous String Dusters on Facebook. Nice. Um, you know, so yeah, you can find us on all those places. Spotify,
0: Apple Music, all that good stuff. Nice. And are you guys experimenting with vinyl at all? Or
1: yeah, we make vi- we press vinyl for all our records for nice. sure. Yeah, we're we've got some vinyl heads in the band who nice. really make sure that it gets done right because, you know, when you do vinyl as a band, it. it it's a whole kind of different yeah. process and mix, and yeah. so you have to make sure you get it right. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we make vinyl for all our records, for nice. sure.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for getting coming down and yeah. s- talking with me. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Cool. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you,
1: man. What's your name-